Welcome everybody to the Last Lap Podcast. I am your host Andrew Pearson and tonight we are taking on a brand new subject for the podcast. Yes, it has begun. The first ever season and first ever qualifying and race for Marbula One. And with such an expansive subject to cover, I don't feel like I'm qualified enough to do it on my own. So, alongside me tonight, I have the esteemed Professor Elgin Princeton Cambridge, author of the book Marble See, Marble Do, and an expert on marble physiology, here to take us through all of the trials and tribulations of the marbles in this first race. Professor, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. And on the phone, live all the way from Perth, Australia, we have Darren Dazza Gunderson. He is a Marble Aussie Rules star and also the latest winner of Australia's I'm a Marble, Get Me Out of Here. Welcome, Dazza. Hey, Ray. So then, I guess we have to kind of start the show talking about, well, the most important thing. Marbula One, a new series for uh, the Marble Racing series. Do we feel that this is an exciting and new innovative sport, or are we rehashing existing concepts? Oh no, Marbula One is definitely a new test for all of these marbles. Outright pace, over a short distance, brand new, brand new. Kind of competition that the Marble League has been crying out for for some time, I believe. Uh, I expect to see a change in the order, a change with the guard, seeing new new marbles rise to the top uh, and the old guard fall away. That That is for certain. Well, that is a good point. Darren, do you have anything to add to this uh, conversation? This kind of competition, it brings out the best in a marble, that's for sure. Kind of extreme competition where you only see the best of the best rising to the top. So I don't expect to see anything more than the harshest competition, the biggest spills and thrills, and every single race is going to be out of this world. Well, that's fair enough as well, I guess. So let's dive straight into the race and and relive the fantastic action from this uh, this first race. Qualifying was uh, an interesting affair. Seeing the uh, marbles take off in groups, I do wonder if uh, in some way this affected the performances. Obviously, the first group out of the gate seemed to score the fastest times. Uh, the following groups seemed to tail off somewhat before the last group kind of caught up. Is this just a case of the uh, sort of first night nerves, do we think? Listen, in any sport, you're going to have naturals. People can turn up and just turn it on like a tap. But... You're also going to have some people who just take their little time to work out all the intricacies of how you achieve everything in a sport. And I think that's all we saw this time. I would agree with that assessment. I think that's pretty fair. Um, At the end of the day, it's a new sport for everybody. Some people are going to be better at it than others. I would expect to see that over the course of the season, results probably, probably even themselves out overall. Well, it did seem like home field advantage was going to pay dividends for the Savage Speeders. Um, but, well, I guess we do know that home advantage has not exactly been the uh, talismanic way of uh, achieving results that one might think in front of a home crowd. And I guess from qualifying, that certainly seemed to be true with uh, a terrible performance from the Savage Speeders. Um, but the uh, the plucky O-Rangers back at the front, you know, did anybody expect that? 
<laughs> well, uh, I, I would hardly say that a, a former Marble League champion can ever be described as a, a, a surprise uh, in, in success in any field. But, uh, you know, the, the Arrangers, uh, they've certainly shown a thing or two, I think, with this dominating performance in qualifying. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, just a case of whether they can um, sustain this through the rest of the season. Listen, sometimes when, you know, it's your first time, you're fumbling around in the dark, can't see what's going on, you're not experienced enough, and that's how you end up with a large, you know, child support payment every month. But, you know, people make mistakes, and I'm sure the Savage Speeders will come back from this. And so on to the race, then. Winners of the very first race, Team Galactic. I don't know about you, but did you see that one coming? They are one of the oldest teams in the uh, in the competition, so should it be a surprise that they can turn their hand to pretty much anything? Think if you can talk about any team who's been waiting for their moment to come, it's Team Galactic. They've got the upcoming hosting duties of the next Marvel League, and I really see this as their way of kicking on from that and making the most of the momentum that they've got behind you. I would be unsurprised to see them, you know, doing this week in, week out. They really are a team on the up, and I expect them to see them consistently in the podium places for the rest of the season. Well, uh, I'm, I'm of course sorry to disagree with my, my learned colleague here, but um, the Team Galactic have not had the consistency, really. Um, I'd expect to see this as possibly a fly-in-the-night success, uh, see the more established teams coming back. What I do think that Team Galactic come. Uh, have in their corner was the ability to change and mix up what they were doing, not rooted in any one particular style. Uh, they were able to find their way around the track as it was going on, evolve their style. Uh, something that I guess they have been noted for in the past with their uh, particular successes across multiple different events. Uh, I expect probably as the season to go on, other teams to find this way of working and, and replicate these kind of results. And of course, the race was run by Starry, uh, probably the most consistent, one of the highest point scorers, in fact, in sort of Marvel League history. Um, again, should we be surprised to see such an experienced Marble, you know, coming in and uh, and showing all the other Marbles how it's done? Yes, well, I, I do cover this somewhat in my book. Um, that realistically, certain marbles are more suited to some events than the others, uh, and some have a more, let's say, generically positive uh, physiological advantage across multiple events. Not necessarily excelling, uh, but certainly being able to perform well under a variety of conditions. And I feel Starry fits into this kind of category. Um, you know, there's a natural talent there that uh, that comes to the surface. It's it's just not a sh- it's just a shame that realistically across the team, such such. Uh, expansive ability doesn't really exist. Hang, hang on, hang on a second. I don't think anybody can be saying that. These are the most highly trained athletes in the world. There's nobody here that's just out there doing their best or, or working from some strange genetic quirk that happens to give them an advantage in one event over the other. These people have been dedicating their lives to the whole entire system, you know, from the day that they were first found. It's not a case that you can say one team has one star player or not. Uh, Sometimes the whole team ethic allows one person to succeed over others, but it's still a team effort, and I think Team Galactic is really an example of that. So up in second were the Hazers, 
fairly consistent performers throughout the series. I've kind of felt, um, you know, a, a bit of a second team for a lot of people, I, I think. Um, you know, when they're looking out for the results of their favourite team, they then scan down to see where the hazers have uh, come through. Um, is this the event that they've been waiting for? Ah, now, I think I've got a little bit of insight that I can bring here. I was lucky enough that after my stint coming out of the jungle from I'm a marble, get me out of here, I got to take part in a high altitude training camp with Hazy from the Hazers. And uh, I can tell you, that guy's been working bloody hard, really bloody hard, uh, at his conditioning, and I think that's what you saw come through in this event. Didn't necessarily start the fastest, but he made sure he was up there at all the important times. Taking over the lead sometimes, dropping back when he needed to, trying to pace himself throughout the uh, whole entire race, and as you saw, some of the other teams tried to take out early leads and drop far back, like Team Primary. This is definitely something that they've been training for for a long, long time. And I'd expect to see that replicated across some of the other events uh, as, you ca- as, you, as the season goes on. I think you'll see that the Hazers will remain as one of the peak fitness teams simply because of all the hard work they've done pre-season. Now, I'm not one to go into the kind of gossip columns, really, but um, there has been talk about, you know, um, ped abuse within the terms of the hazers this performance is that going to cause them more problems is it is it a headache for them to deal with pr wise are, are they going to be fielding these kind of questions rather than talking about their excellent performance i'm not even going to dignify that with an answer andrew i think these gutter press rumors are exactly that rubbish Yes, I tend to agree. I don't think there's any real strength to any of these rooms at all. As we saw with the whole um, red number three debacle, realistically, these things work themselves out, and there's never any problem after that. Marble League is definitely one of the best-run competitions in the world, and they're not going to allow anything like this to spoil it. No, no. Yeah, no, no, no. Completely, completely see where you're coming from on that one. Um, so let's talk about the 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 last podium position, which was the snowballs. Um, a fairly new team to Marble League, um, but they were the best performers on home soil out of all the uh, teams that have so far hosted an event. Um, but they did fail to qualify for the, the 2019 competition. Do you think this, this competition acts as a bit of a redemption for them from that fact? Well, as um, chapter 16 in my book rather goes into, uh, marble psychology is an interesting field. Uh, and there's definitely a case to be made, I think, that the Snowballs are a team eager and ready to prove that they're ready to make their mark on the scene. And I think Marbula 1 could be the event that they can do it in, definitely. Well, we have a roving reporter in the field uh, coming to us live from Halefern, the hometown of the Snowballs. Uh, Roger, are you there? Can you can you tell us what's happening? Yeah, hello, Andrew. Um, unfortunately, I'm I'm caught in a bit of a gale. I can't really see what's what's going on. I've been able to find anybody for hours. Uh, oh, hang on. Who's that over there? Let me let me. I think he's wearing a big brown furry coat. Let me let me go and have a look. Two six. Uh, Roger. I, I'm not sure that's a fan. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. Can I can I ask you a quick question? Of, oh my God. Ah, help me. Help me. Oh my God. Oh. Uh, I, I, no, 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 quick, I, I, oh, oh dear. Uh, well, thank you, Roger, for that um, illuminating report. Hopefully um, we'll be seeing you later for some more information. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, let's talk about our hosts then again. Um, Savage Speeders, 
six outright records in Marble League history, uh, scoring the fastest lap in the race, um, but starting from such a lowly position. Tale of sort of two events, really, isn't it? Um, definitely the recovery race. I think 11 places made up across the race. It's just, uh, fantastic for any team, realistically. How do they go about this? Well, you know, you can't really be surprised by a team like the Soviet Speeders being able to come back from adversary in the way that they have done in this uh, in this particular race. Realistically, this team is full of stars, and they're always going to achieve, regardless of whether they're starting from first or last. Their, their results across all of the Marble League show this. First, second, second. It's just, you know, there's no team like them, really. No, no, indeed. It's... Um... It's a simple case of the cream rising to the top here, I think. Um, you know, a bad start is, is not the end of the world for everybody. A lot of teams can come back from things like this, definitely making their way through the uh, through the grid full of uh, what you might call the lesser teams. Um, it's it's certainly a sign of a, of a team full of confidence, ready to take on the adversity, take on the challenges, and once again prove that they are one of the best teams in Marble League history. And realistically, nobody's going to get in their way. I, I foresee a bright future for them in Marbula 1. So at the other end of the scoring were unfortunately the uh, Rojo Rollers, Thunderbolts and our uh, old friends, the Limers. Not good for any of these teams. Qualified poorly and finished poorly. Um, I think we recorded that the Limers came in one and a half seconds per lap slower than the eventual winners, Galactic. Um before I ask for your thoughts on, on how these teams have performed, um, I believe we've got uh, a second roving reporter. Um, Ian, Ian, are you there with the Limers fans in Sotsvesser? Uh, yes, um, hello, uh, Andrew. Uh, Ian here. I'm, uh, I'm just trying to uh, get a word with one of the... Uh, um, fans of the Limers, unfortunately, uh, getting hold of one particular person in what I can only describe as a, as a Malay um, is a bit difficult. Um, give, give me a second, let me see if I can... Um, oh look, here's a check now. Um, excuse me sir, excuse me, um, would you mind if I asked you uh, about the Limers' terrible performance in the um, Marble World event? Oh, Okay, I uh, guess we'll probably have to go back to Ian later in the broadcast. Um, I, serves him right, I guess. Um, so, Rojo Rollers, maybe not surprised about their particularly poor performance, but there has been some interesting rumours floating about that they uh, may be going back to ask Red Number 3 for some tips uh, about outright pace. Um Obviously, we know that this was a a tricky relationship due to their you know past involvements and then falling out with the is or isn't a marble debate. Um, do we think that this relationship can be repaired and can Red Number Three actually bring anything to the team? Well, I I think this is one for me to uh, to, to cover here. Um, I spent a long time in my book uh, talking extensively about the physiology of, uh, shall we say, curing accoutrements uh, compared to that of a standard marble. And uh, well, I was definitely on the side that felt that red number three should not be taking part in any further 
uh, Marble League activities, um, the authorities have seen fit to ignore my sage advice uh, and allowed him to continue. And as I believe, as far as this is allowed to continue, I believe the Reho Rollers would be sensible to uh, listen to uh, what Red Number 3 has to bring to them, uh, however illegal I feel it might possibly be. Um, if they can take advantage of such a situation, they should. Whether Red Number 3 feels like he can take part in this sort of uh, behaviour is entirely up to him. So let's talk about two teams that qualified well but did slightly less well in the race, the O-Rangers and Mellow Yellow. Are we looking at two teams that have that one lap pace um, but then maybe lose it over the race distance? I think it's too early to tell at this stage. Uh, a single race does not a season make. Uh, wait and see how these teams do over the course of several races. I have a feeling that we'll see both of these teams uh, perform better as we go along. So is it a case that the teams could maybe have you know, brought different um, team members to the, these events? Have they, have they brought the right people? Well, I think you have to look here that yellow is definitely the uh, marble that you'd want to see in these kind of events. Um, I'm afraid I have to disagree with the tactics somewhat uh, of the coach here. Uh, Yallop, I do not see him performing well across the season. They do have on their team uh, Yala, but he's nowhere to be seen. Uh, I don't know whether there's been a falling out backstage uh, or whether it's simply a case that the coach knows something about how Yellow could perform in these kind of events, but I don't see it personally myself, and I think they could be uh, ruining that decision further along in the season as they go along, and they'll, you know, need that consistency to score points. Oh, I see. Well, that takes us to the end of the programme. I'm sorry if we haven't had time to cover all of the teams from this uh, first episode, but hopefully we'll get to uh, speak about your favourites more as we go through the season and see the results coming in. Um, I've been your host, Andrew Pearson, alongside me with Professor Elgin Princeton-Cambridge. A pleasure, as always, and uh, by my book. And Darren Dazagunderson. Thanks very much for having me. And remember, tune in at 8 o'clock for my new show, Marbled at First Sight. It's a ripper. And we'll see you next time after we've visited the Arrangers and see how they perform at home in comparison to how they performed this time around. Hope you'll join me then. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. <laughs>